to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here's your host, David Shong. All right, welcome to the first episode of the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast of 2023, brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Rain, and shot to life by Reliant Lithium Batteries. This is the episode for the week beginning of January 9th. I am David Schoen, and I'm with the, the OG, the AC Insider, Kenneth Grover. And we've been on holiday for a while, but I guess what better way to start the 2023 season of the uh, of the English Channel Insider Podcast, but to bring in the current face of the cover of Bassmaster Magazine and the reigning 2022 Angler of the Year, uh, Elite Series Angler Year, Mr. Brandon Pollock. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm up in Idaho in the cold and <laughs> the snow, actually inside my shop, uh, tinkering with my boat, tinkering with some tackle, getting ready for the season. Do you have a lot of snow? Like I, I, I'm in Wisconsin, but the, I guess the area where I've been in, it's been warm enough that I think the last time I had snow on the ground was probably like, I can't remember. Maybe Christmas we may have had a little bit, but I, I know that you guys probably got hit pretty good though. I don't think the snow has left my yard since, <laughs> uh, late september early october and it has just kept snowing and snowing for whatever reason this year uh yeah it's been non-stop wow well Uh, i can tell you this it it sure made for a great backdrop when you were breaking in your new engine that was some pretty good video (laughs) it did it does do that yeah it definitely looks nice uh or I i won't say it looks nice it looks very unique in the bass fishing world when you have giant mountains covered in snow and there's a bass boat running at the base of them <laughs> now how were the holidays for you i mean I know this is your first year you know with cora you know so how, how was the holidays for you this year uh, they're definitely different when you have a seven month old uh, but they're she i guess she's not old enough yet to fully grasp the whole christmas program uh, and so it's not too wild yet. It is fun to watch her. Uh, she started crawling before Christmas, so she was able to crawl to the presents underneath the tree. <laughs> uh, you know, she can pretty much go wherever she wants now. And it was just, it was fun to see her you know, kind of engage and she didn't really care what was inside the boxes. She actually liked the boxes and the wrapping paper <laughs> better than anything inside. So <laughs> made it pretty easy now did you any any fishing related type uh or, or was it hunting related type uh a uh, gifts for cora or was it just simple baby stuff for now uh, his dad got her a fishing pole I think okay kind of his deal he gets all his grandkids their first fishing pole okay uh, and then outside of that no we got her all really really boring stuff like she got food containers and (laughs) (laughs) more practical stuff that because we figured she's not going to know the difference so we just got stuff that we needed for her anyways wrapped it up and called it good so you're building it up for 2023's christmas because i by that time she'll be i'm not sure if kid if someone her age because it's been a while since my kids have been 
I guess based on what you said there, she'll be about a year and a half. So I can't remember what I got my kids at year and a half, but uh, I'm not sure if they were that picky, but maybe they may be. So, but I guess you're building it up for 2023's uh, version of Christmas for her then? Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll step it up a little bit then. She'll be <laughs> old enough to probably at least say what she wants or we'll have an idea what she's really into. All right. So... Well, it's, I, don't, I don't think we had you on. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure we didn't have you on the podcast uh, after you won uh, the 2022 Angler of the Year. But I, I, I figured we, you know, we will revisit that uh, 2023 uh, season, particularly that last event at the Mississippi River. Uh, I believe that was your second event. And I don't remember if uh, was that the first event that you had with Tiff and Cora, or were they with you also at Oahe? No, they're actually with me, uh, St. Lawrence River, Oahe, and, and the final event at Mississippi River. Um, We, when she was three weeks old, we took off from Idaho and drove all the way to New York. So I guess with that last event at the Mississippi River, I know that it's been somewhat documented, but, um, has it sunk in yet? You know, I guess from when you won, how long did it take for you to really grasp that you won it uh, that second time? Or was it something that it would, you know, it took a while again to kind of sink in? Because I know uh, winning one is already hard enough, but winning two is, is quite an impressive feat. I think the second one sunk in a little bit more. Okay. Um, or a little bit quicker than the first one. Uh and I think maybe because I was leading for longer throughout the year that I had more time to think about the possibility of winning it Okay. versus the first one. You know, I, I didn't take the lead till really late in the season. And I think that had something to do with it. And I guess the, the biggest difference was that when I won this one, it was, it was amazing in the moment rather than like one of the greatest accomplishments I've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it seemed like it, the excitement faded a lot quicker also. So like it sunk in quicker, but the excitement faded a lot quicker. Uh, and I think a lot of that had to do with just the fact of having a newborn and that's where, you know, a lot of my attention went after the season was over. So I guess like, like, so we're, we're going to revisit this. So, so on day one, cause you were leading, like you said, uh, going into this final event. And I guess in the end, you never did drop the lead, but, uh, day one, uh, you had a decent showing, you know, you were, you, you finished day one, 12 pounds, 13 ounces sitting in 35th, which I believe is where you needed to sit in order to seal it in terms of overall finish. So, how did you feel? Because I believe that was a day you had a decent day fishing wise, but um, were you satisfied with that particular result or did you feel there was more or did you end up playing it safe in some ways with saving your spots? I really didn't play it safe. Um, I I didn't make the best decisions. You know, at looking back at it now, I really had two places I wanted to start. Uh, in that tournament. And I was both one going out. So I really had the pick of wherever I wanted to start. Um, and oh, actually I had three places I wanted to start. And ultimately the place that I chose was probably the worst one I could have chose out of the three. Hmm. And it, it kind of just got me behind the eight ball. I, I'd later found out uh, from Carl Jockamson 
he had started near one of the areas I wanted to start. And I guess uh, Brian Schmidt had started on it or, wow. and you know, like several, several of the guys that ended up being in the top 10 fished the play, one of the places I was thinking about starting. And that's what makes this sport so awesome, right? I mean, you may find the winning places and if you don't choose to hit those at the right times, you don't win. Um, and ultimately I made a different decision. So I didn't really play it safe. Uh, I just didn't perform, I guess, as well as I possibly could have. Uh, but I was nervous because everyone told me I was still leading, but without knowing the points, I didn't know by how much. And I knew that I had, I knew that the uh, lead that I had had been cut way down because the guys that were trailing me caught them really well. Yep. So did that change your approach to day too much at all? Or did you just stick to your guns? Cause I know I day two, I actually w was out there and I, I watched you for a bit. Um, and that day I know, I know it rained. And for some reason, when, when you guys end up going up to lacrosse, I don't know why there's always horrible thunderstorms when the elite series visit lacrosse, but um, yeah, but did, 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 that 35th uh, spot finish on day one, did that change your approach and knowing that you still had a lead, but you lost some of that ground? Did that change your approach to day two at all? Or did you just stick to your guns? I, I kind of stuck to my guns that day one gave me a good idea of kind of what the weights were going to be. Cause that's always a mystery going in to an event before day one. You don't know how everybody's going to stack up. And after that first day, I kind of knew that 12 to 13 pound mark was where I needed to stay. And so my goal was to at least capture that. And so I made decisions based on where I thought or how I thought I could catch that the quickest. Uh, and that, and it really didn't work out. <laughs> it took, it took me all day until the very end of the day to catch my fifth fish. Uh, it wasn't due to a lack of bites. It, I just never hooked up with a bunch of the fish, you know, and I don't know if they weren't seeing the bait, if they'd just been really pressured and they were swiping at the bait, but I had really struggled that second day. I mean, it took kind of everything I had to mentally just grind it out and make sure I got the job done. With I got, like I said, I, I saw how some of the uh, seeing you on the water that it wasn't an, an easy day on day two. And uh, I'm I'm definitely no uh, I'm definitely no nowhere near your caliber when it comes to fishing and decision making. But uh, I, having such a difficult day, knowing that you know even what I think you caught your limit with just like minutes to go before uh, checking in. Did at any point did you like not like just doubt and said you know what it is what it is? I'm gonna have like three or four fish for today, or or did you like just say you know I'm, I'm I know I could catch five. I. Uh, I'm going to have five for Wayne. Did you have any doubts or did you believe that it, you were going to get that, get that fish, uh, that fifth fish? I was getting so many bites that it, I think that kept my confidence high. Uh, even at 1130 when I didn't even have a bass, I, I had so much confidence in the areas that I was fishing that I knew there were fish there. Uh, I was seeing them blowing up on bait. It was really just, my job to adapt and figure out how I was going to 
put those fish in the boat, you know, and I could tell they were the right size fish to get the job done. Uh, and I, so ultimately I, I had the decision to make, like, do I stay in that area, grind it out and catch these fish, or do I leave these fish that I know are here and gamble a little bit and try to go, uh, to another area. And I, I decided just to stay and thankfully it, it worked out and I squeaked inside the cut. So, yeah, so day two, like you said, you squeaked inside the cut. You know, you had 11, 13, which uh, dropped you down two places in the overall stance from 35th to 37th. But, you know, you still had a, I think for my if my math and my notes are correct, 10 points over Chris Johnston and 11 over Brandon Lester. So you had a, you still had a, a slight or small cushion, but did that make decisions for day three any easier? Or did, or, you know, again, knowing that, you know, again, like you said, you had bites, but, you know, they just weren't the, um, they just weren't staying on. Did, did that make decision-making for day three any different? Or were you just all in on day three on what you found uh, during practice and for day one and day two? Day two was such a mental test that <laughs> when I got through that, it was such a freeing feeling. Like I, I felt like all the weight was lifted off my shoulders when I got through that day. Uh, even though I knew it wasn't over, uh, I just, I, I felt so much better going into day three. I just, I woke up with a different level of confidence and, and it showed ultimately at the end of the day, you know, and I, it was like, I wasn't fishing scared. I wasn't playing it safe. I was, I felt like I was back to fishing how I fished most of the year and, uh, you know, really just not being afraid to go chase different places and different, uh, fish, uh, that I'd found during practice and just, you know, decided to change things up a little bit and fish some of the water that I hadn't fished. Uh, what I had learned the first two days is that the fish I was primarily targeting those first two days were actually biting better in the afternoon. Mm. And since I didn't have a fish until 1130 on the second day, I felt like on day three, anything I caught before 1130 was going to be a bonus. Okay. So that allowed me to just kind of run around and fish other places that were on my mind that I hadn't checked, uh, you know, those first couple days and they ended up just, being glorious you know i should have fished them um, the the entire event and i probably would have done even better now day three like you said you had a really good day results wise uh, in terms of fish catches and then uh you know again catching 15-1 but um did you think i mean i, I know that the weights of the mississippi you're not going to catch i mean i guess if you catch a 18 pound bag that's actually a pretty ginormous bag but did you feel that even with 15 pounds that you had it sealed or did you feel that you know that it, you know it, it, it you did what you could and it, might, it probably still might be out of your hands with uh how yeah with winning aoy based on what the weights had been the previous two days i really felt like I caught another 13 pounds that I would be really hard to beat. Okay. Um, just because I had a lot more room to move up and improve and like Brandon Lester, he was already toward the top, so he could only move so far up. Sure. Yeah. So it was really all up to me. And I think I caught 
13 pounds like within the first hour <laughs> and that that just lifted a lot of you know any weight that was left on my shoulders pretty much lifted that off uh, mm-hmm. and by the time i had got to 15 pounds i could just feel that all of the right things were happening and i've fished enough tournaments now at this point that i recognize that feeling that when things are going right like oftentimes it's it feels that way for a reason now, I know that you uh, was Anna, you've always mentioned whether it was the last time you won AOY or just in general, like you're not one to look at the overall standings when it comes to AOY. But um, I guess, you know, explain to us or tell us what was what's your reasoning behind not looking at that? Because I know like the like 99 percent of us, we're always curious because we want to make sure that whether we're leading or, or for behind, what's the gap and what can we do? But what's your reasoning behind not paying attention to the exact standings, your gap? Uh, between you and first or second and all that stuff for the AOI standings? Um, the biggest reason is that I just believe it alters your decision-making on the water. And I mean, it, it works for some guys, but I just learned a long time ago that for me, I make decisions way better not knowing. Uh, and for me, if I don't know, the only decisions I have to make on the water is how to catch more weight. And so I'm constantly making decisions based on that. You know, I'm always thinking, okay, how, what's the next move or the next day that I need to throw to upgrade my weight today? You know, what's the best decision to do that versus looking at it and saying, okay, I'm, you know, I'm leading. I just need to make another top 50 and I'll still be leading. And when you start trying to play those number games, for me, I more times than not, I end up falling short. It, it can end up being a distraction. It takes you away from what you actually yeah. need to do. Yeah, I just my goal is always catch as much weight as I can every single day. Uh, and even though that sounds super obvious, uh, the decision making process in that changes based on the information that you have available to you. And so if I cut the points part of it out, uh, I feel like it, my decision-making process is geared way more towards actually doing that and figuring out what I need to do to get that next big bite. So I guess looking at it this year, like what was the, I guess, what was the biggest takeaway, whether it was good, bad lessons learned or whatever, what was the biggest thing that stuck out to you this year, guys? And I know, again, you know, you went in, I guess, you know, starting, I guess you knew that you were expecting a child, but, you know, even having, uh, having uh, that whole, was it that, what was it, uh, Pickwick where you had a, you, you were trying to make it back home to be, uh, yeah. to hope and stuff like that. But I guess what was your biggest takeaway, a uh, lesson learned or something like that from this uh, past season? Man, I think the biggest thing is knowing that every single fish matters. Uh, I've actually been putting out a a little kind of mini series on my social channels this last week of that I'm calling 16 point bass. And it's because I won AOI by 16 points. And there were so many occasions throughout the year that I, I caught one bass that was worth 16 or more points. 
And oftentimes that happened in the last 30 minutes of the day, Uh, you know, or I was just struggling, things weren't going right. And then, you know, bam, I catch a giant, you know, and, and it wasn't always a, a giant fish. You know, sometimes it may have only been a two or a three pounder, but if I wouldn't have had that two or three pounds, cause I may have only had four fish and that was my limit fish that, you know, that three pounds was worth 16 or more points in that event. Mm. Um, and it, it's amazing to go back and watch the footage of like, I mean, if you don't make that cast and get that bite, you don't win AOI. And then you watch another one, like you don't make that cast and get that bite you know, in AOI, you know, and it happened over and over and over again. And so really breaking it down and understanding like how important each one of those, you know, decisions and casts and catches were really kind of brought things into perspective. And I think just having that focus, like understanding that throughout the years and then this year living that out and seeing it and now being able to go back and kind of watch it and put that out. That is, I think it adds another layer of focus. You, you're mentioning video. Um, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, besides with this Bassmaster Live or even going through the editing process for your BMP series, like how much do you like, are, are you uh, like, a, do you go in and watch some of like your performances, whether it's just, whether, whether like you say, whether it's stuff that you're looking at your decision making that day or, stuff that happened around you that obviously as an angler you're not tuned in whether it's like you know like fish popping up you know feeding around you that you, you don't see but is, do you go in and do that during whether it's after each event or in the off season at all i do do that some um you know and even oftentimes at like that night if i've lost a big fish for some reason i'll go back and and look and try to analyze it to see if there was something that I did wrong or that I could have done better or, you know, oftentimes it ends up just being a fluke thing, right? Like you just fish didn't get the bait well enough or, you know, there's, I always try to analyze and say, was it something that I could control or was it out of my control? And if, and that allows me to then make adjustments if need be, or I just look at it and say, Hey, all that was was a clue. Yeah, I didn't land the fish, but it clued me into something else that worked later. Uh, so I, I do look at it from a, a performance standpoint uh, on my end just to be able to try to be better. So, so Brandon, you know, a lot, most of our listeners are a lot of them fish tournaments. So, you know, these guys, it's, it's, we're in the, in the middle of winter time, um, you know, for the Southern part of the United States, you know, tournaments are really starting to kick up in January, February gets really strong. Give us an idea of what you do, um, you know, first during the off season. And then what is your preparation like right before you start your tournament season? Man, for me, it's all about getting organized. Uh, I mean, when I came home, I think I I got home like you know, first part of September. I don't think I picked a rod up in September more than once. Uh, maybe I might have got out on the water two days. I've only been on the water five days since I've been home because I've been so busy. And that also means that my tackle is a total disaster. Uh, and 
so for me, this time of year, it's all about organizing tackle, making sure that all those things I can control are controlled. Uh, you know, making sure I've got all the product I need, uh, you know, restocking all my Excel and stuff, getting the boat dialed in. A lot of it's, you know, rigging a new boat every season uh, and then kind of going through and making sure all our vehicles are good to go because we're not going to be home for six months. So it's like, you know, new tires, make sure brakes are good and just kind of all the maintenance stuff that I can do now so that when we get into tournament season and full swing and busy, we can just focus on that, right? Try to eliminate as many potential problems now so that when we're in the swing of things, uh, it doesn't come back to bite us. Yeah, you know, having to prepare for six months worth of traveling is a lot different than most of us. We're, we're, you know, we take the focus on <laughs> yeah. on the very next tournament. So, you know, if I'm going yeah. to Gunnersville, I just have to worry about what I need for Gunnersville. I don't have to worry about Smith Lake or anything else, you know, further down the down the schedule. But, you know, having to look that far in advance, it really takes a lot of preparation and um, and and a lot of, of thought process in order to, to have what you need. Yeah, it's. Really, I mean, I'm packing for everything from Florida to the classic in Knoxville to the Sabine river. I mean, I got, you know, I, the only thing that I could probably leave back is maybe some of my smallmouth stuff, but a lot of my smallmouth stuff crosses over to my largemouth stuff. So I really end up packing pretty much everything uh, that I plan on taking with me throughout the season. And uh, definitely takes, a little bit extra preparation time, uh, but it's it's well worth the time spent now to be you know ready to rock and roll and in order by the time the first elite kicks off. Now I know we talked to her about you know uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, you added another member team member to Team Polonic this year. Uh, how was it? Because it was it was during that uh, the the pivotal three events uh, for the AOY there, but how was it preparing and competing with the baby on the road with you at these tournament venues? You know, lesser angler like me can barely handle four or five hours of sleep, you know, with the baby and everything like that. So how was that big adjustment uh, for you knowing that again, you're wrapping up the season, but again, the AOY, you're in the hunt for AOY and everything. How was that for you? We got really lucky and she sleeps really well. Uh, and I mean, even early on, I think she was sleeping. Well, most of the time we were on the road in the camper, she was sleeping anywhere from nine to 11 hours a night. And so we got super lucky on that. I don't, I'm curious to see how it's going to be as she gets older and she gets busier. You know, when she was that young, she slept 18 hours a day. You know, 19 hours a day. And so, I mean, it was pretty easy because you just had to put her down to go to sleep and she fell right asleep and then sleep for a couple hours and wake up. And then at night, she just slept all night. So it, for me, it really wasn't that difficult. Um, the, the hardest part was there were a few times that I, I just didn't see her awake. She was asleep when I left in the morning for practice. I'd get back late at night. She'd already be asleep for that night. And then the next day I wake up, she'd still be sleeping that morning. 
And then I'd, you know, practice all day, get back in the evening and she'd already be in bed. And that was just tough mentally, really more than anything. So for 2023, I know that, uh, you know, you've had a few months, I guess, from what you're saying, it wasn't much of a recuperation or anything like that. But uh, I know you've been pretty blessed for the most part with having, you know, you've been with a lot of the same sponsors, uh, partners and stuff like that. But any new changes for 2023 at all? There are actually some changes. Uh, Those are not public or announced yet, but they will be here shortly uh yeah there's there's a few changes that i'm super excited about Uh, they weren't easy decisions to make but ultimately ones that just timing was right and everything felt right and i'll be excited to promote those out to the world here shortly well since we've kind of gotten started down that road let's go ahead and jump into the, the 2023 schedule um so you, you you guys are gonna and you've probably hadn't thought too much about too far down the road, but you know the first event um, on Okeechobee. Uh, it's probably been a while since you've been on Okeechobee, so uh, Florida can be kind of tricky. So what, you know, what are your thoughts going? You know, starting the season uh, down on Okeechobee. Well, Okeechobee Okeechobee has always been my arch nemesis. Uh, I have not been there since 2017 when I finished 105th place. Uh, and that year I would have been better off just saving my money for entry fees and gas money and just not fish the event and still been able to win AOY. So <laughs> I'm hoping that I can get redemption this year and, and not finish in the bottom of the pack. You know, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, maturing as an angler and adapting to the ways that I have to fish in Florida, uh, you know, not being so hard headed. And I, I'm hoping that I can continue down that path and make the right decisions when we get to Okeechobee. Um, you know, I, I just thought of something. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are now of the classic being in March, uh, as opposed to it used to being in the summertime. You're basically fishing two elite series tournaments and then you've got the classic right after that. Is that, you know, how, how is that to handle? I mean, that's, you know, the Super Bowl of bass fishing, you know, happens, uh, you know, fairly early in the season. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I never got to fish a summer classic. All the ones I fished have been super early, but I would say still, you know, kind of the last couple of years we've fished a few elites and then, um, and then fish the classic and there's really there's pros and cons to it um, i i like that we start the elites a little bit earlier because it allows us to be done at the end of august and actually have a little bit of off time i can still go elk hunting i can still do a little bit of fun fishing and fish with my friends at home if i want to uh, and and i enjoy that part uh, because I, I like to do other things and um, and if I want to fish a local club tournament at home, I like to do that. Like I still like to fish tournaments, but sometimes it's nice to fish ones that are a little less stressful <laughs> and uh, don't have as much on the line. And but then the the flip side of that is that I always enjoyed when the classic was our kickoff 
because I could really take all of my off-season prep and focus and really just put it into the classic. You know, and just put all my eggs in that basket to kick the season off and then move on to the elite afterwards. Uh, you know, where versus now it's like you, you got to kind of prep for the elite. Think about, you know, how you're fishing there because you are fishing for points, you're fishing four day events. Uh, and then, and then you have the classic mixed in the middle of that. Uh, it takes a little bit of a mental swing and different approach to that. Uh, but I, ultimately I like it best the way that it's set up now. It also look, you know, looking through the schedule, it looks like there's uh, several venues that, uh, that you guys have not been to in the last couple of years. Uh, it, do, do you like, do you like the mix up in the schedule from year to year or do you like a schedule that's more, you know, kind of consistent? I love going to new places. Um, you know, it's obviously there's certain places that are just incredibly fun to go to all the time, like St. Lawrence river and stuff. But after you've been there a bunch of times, it, and you, when you go at the same time of year, you go into those events kind of knowing what you're going to do a lot of times, you know, it may be a week or two ahead or behind, but oftentimes it's very similar. Um, so I, I like that there's some new stuff on the schedule, you know, things like Seminole that I've only fished one elite on, uh, you know, places like Blay Lake and Murray that I've fished, but I've never fished an elite event or even really fished a tournament on those places. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a really, really fun schedule. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think really all the events should be set up really well, you know, just for great fish catches, great Bassmaster Live. Um, and just, it'd be a good time. So the last time you won ALY, I believe it was that same year too. Uh, you did a thing. You went to Japan and did a collaboration uh, angle of the year exchange. I guess it was here and over there. Uh, I know D Daisuke no longer fishes here, but is there anything like that in the works again? I mean, you you know, like I said, it was a pretty entertaining, uh, at least uh, for sure, on the BMP uh, series to see you and I believe Kyle went on that. So you, Tiff, and Kyle, and maybe possibly a baby Cora doing another angle of the year exchange in some way again. Um. Potentially, um, there hasn't been anything nailed down exactly yet. Uh, there's been some talks of me potentially going to Japan this coming fall. Um, you know, which obviously I'm I'm all for it because I love that country. Uh, <laughs> had an amazing time when I went over there last time, and it'd be awesome to get to see a lot of the people again that I got to see last time. Uh, but I, I, that's not set in stone yet. Okay. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of logistics and planning to put that stuff together. So nothing set in stone, but I'm all for it if we can make it happen. Okay. All right. And the last thing I'm going to bring up here is, you know, you've got, I believe it's six wins. And I, I believe that's all on the on the BASS side. I'm looking at it with the six wins. But you, like I said earlier, you join uh, Elite Company with two AOYs. You join Bill Dance, Roland Martin. Uh, Jimmy Houston, Larry Nixon, Denny Brower, Guido Hibden, Gary Klein, Mark Davis, 
you know, I guess he's your dad, Gerald Swindle, KVD, <laughs> and Aaron Martins. But, uh, you know, uh, you're still a, a pretty young guy and you're still relatively young and you're it's still pretty early in your career. But, you know, did you think you'd accomplish that much? Because we know that being successful, not just winning, but being successful in, in professional fishing is difficult. But did you think you'd be able to accomplish that much in a uh, somewhat a relatively short time? I've always had the confidence that I could do well. I don't know that I ever dreamed I would do as well as I've done. And the only reason I've been able to do that is because I've had an incredible support system. You know, I've been able to remain driven by the other elite anglers, uh, you know, and kind of that constant push for bettering yourself. Uh, you know, the, the group of anglers in the elite just continues to get stronger and mm-hmm. stronger. And so to compete, that forces me to, you know, also become better and better and better. And, you know, and so it's like, it, it takes my immediate team, you know, my family, sponsors, all of that. Uh, but then it also, a lot of it comes from the competition from the other elite anglers uh, because it it forces me to kind of try to think outside the box and, you know, how can I, how can I do things different to be better than these guys? And I mean, gosh, now I'm going into my 13th season, yep. and even though I'm not old, it's like I'm one of the old, like I'm one of the old guys, but I'm not old. This is how I feel. Definitely one of the more seasoned and more knowledgeable guys. (laughs) That's a scary combination for the rest of the group. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't plan on going anywhere for a while. Uh, um, I'm hoping we can add some more trophies. I would say to the mantle, but I don't know how I'm on a mantle or sitting on the floor in my office (laughs) in the closet. So, (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Brandon, for uh, spending uh, this early. I don't know if it's you know if it you know, took your mind off the cold for a little bit there or the snow, but we definitely appreciate you. You've always been nice and kind to the English Channel crew here. So we, uh, you know, again, we'll. I mean, I definitely am rooting for you. I am a bit biased and partial to BP, but uh, definitely rooting for you and your family's adventures on the road, and hopefully a very successful, if not very successful, twenty twenty three Elite Series season. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Um, looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. Uh, well, there you have it. The reigning 2022 Bassmaster Elite Series angler. And I don't know, this guy's always been, uh, he, it doesn't take much to get that competitive fire going with him, but I'm definitely excited to see what 2023 has in store. I mean, he's, has never seemed to have less a step, lost a step or the beat since he got into this what 2020 i'm sorry 2011 so but yeah definitely really looking forward to that well i i'll tell you what david you know i'm i'm big we've got a lot of and a lot of our listeners are young anglers we've got a lot of high school anglers that listen college anglers listen uh people yeah. that are maybe new to the sport 
but I, I'm really big on understanding, you know, years past of, 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 of tournament fishing, uh, you know, got guys that have been around a while, guys that kind of understand it. There's, there's more to it than just going out there and try to catch as many fish as you can and earn a check. Um, from, from, uh, from how you present yourself, how you handle yourself, how you treat others. There's a lot that goes into this in order to, to be able to have success. And Brandon is one of those guys, uh, and there's a lot out there, but he's one of those guys that if you're, if you're a young angler, up and comer, new to the sport, you really need to go look at his stuff that's online. Look at his videos, look at all of his social media, look at his stuff. Just take note of how he handles himself because that, that's how it should be done. Yeah. Um, he's not the only one. There's others, but he's definitely one of them that that should be studied. Um, and and people should have an understanding of 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 how he presents himself. That that's yeah. really how it should be done. Yeah, he he got that right away because when yeah, even I, I don't know prior to uh his elite series, because I know he he made it from the nation. So I don't know. Obviously, with there's less coverage and uh not saying that he did any less when it comes to sponsor obligations prior to qualifying, but again, back what 12 some odd years ago, he got it. So yes. uh, well, you you can tell that he did that too. He, he, he understood the history of tournament fishing. Yeah. He understood the history of the people that were before him and, and how you had to handle yourself, how you had to do business and all that. It, it's, it's obvious in looking at him that, that he went through that process. Everybody else needs to go through that process as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, whether it's you know working with sponsors, even uh, how he represents himself, or you know how he, sh- uh, what he does with his BMP series, you know, you can just tell that you know um, he just gets, you know, it's not just 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 fishing, but everything that comes along with that whole package when it comes to being a successful uh, tournament angler. So yeah. All right. And with that, KG and I, we're going to pull up the trolling motor, head over to our next waypoint. So just hang on for a minute and we'll be right back. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play or sail or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visit lakehartwell.com. 
All right. Welcome back to this last segment of the AC Insider podcast. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Straight King. Make sure that you add the latest tungsten additions, uh, like, such as the tungsten thunder cricket and the tungsten casting jigs a bit tongue-tied there but make sure you add them to your arsenal those are the brand new items from uh the uh from this past icast for 2023 so make sure you get them check them out at strikeking.com um i don't know kg unless i've been you know again missing a few things here and there but i i think the news front has been somewhat still slow i think a lot of people are still a little bit frozen from that polar vortex or whatever it was around Christmas where I guess I don't know if it was half the country that got frozen over or whatever but um it seemed like a lot of people <laughs> took an opportunity had the opportunity to take some time away from business um you know I, I think I I sent you a text earlier today it seems like you've gotten a little bit busier here in the last this past week so a little I, bit know, but not that much tournament Look, tournaments are coming and yeah. people don't have a choice. The people in the industry are going to have to get busy, get going. Uh, we've already started to see, you know, some sponsor changes with some of the anglers and different yeah. things. So I I think we'll see it ramp up in the next couple of weeks. So before we get into the sponsor anglers, I guess you know, the only thing I could think of when it comes to news, because I know that we'll, we'll, talk, we'll dive a, a bit more deeper into some of those anglers, uh, the changes with the anglers. But the only thing I could think of that kind of came up that kind of caught my eye, I know it doesn't really affect the big boat guys but uh i know mercury came out with their electric outboard the avador i think it's called avador that's how it sounded like at least in the video that i saw but again it's a little tiny they call it the 7.5 e but it's it's a portable electric outboard it comes at least i think with replaceable batteries or interchangeable batteries so i guess if you want to bring more juice with you um so they you know again it's made for guys with have a small aluminum boats a little uh rowboat stuff like that so uh what was it a little raft stuff like that but don't know what the price is but definitely um i think that's the first bigger outboard manufacturer that has stepped on board with the electric propulsion am i correct i know that there's i mean trolling motors don't count but i think there was other stuff but those are more for like um or maybe no no yeah just i guess just smaller more private um companies have, but this is the first big i guess like bigger organization or company that's come up with an electric outboard yes and i believe in looking at their looking at their information they're saying that there will be more coming so uh, okay i'm i'm curious um how big of an engine they'll actually get um mm-hmm. and, and it be electric um pretty interesting yeah but, uh, you know there and you know there's a lot of places yeah i, I live in north alabama and there's a lake um you know, up here, that's mm-hmm. it's a small lake, but it, it's, yeah. I, I think, you know, an engine like this would help guys there. It's, it's there's yeah. a lot of restrictions, limitations on that lake. So, yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, and, and other parts of the country, even, even more restrictive than, than where I live. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a place for this outboard. And, and I'll be curious to see, you know, how it, how it grows from, from here. This is, I guess this would be step one. I'm curious to see what step two and step three is. Yeah, I know that uh, I'm a big car guy, so I definitely a lot of this stuff. Uh, obviously, with with app, I guess with uh, practical or more accessible applications for the typical human being, um, electric cars is uh, something that's been around for quite a bit. You know, obviously there was hybrids before, but uh, obviously with like Tesla and some other, uh, I know Ford's got some like uh, what was it, some electric options as well. Some you know, but um, I know that that is one of the alternatives to I guess you could say a cleaner or greener 
option, but I know the biggest thing with at least a car, and I'm assuming it's going to be a big thing because we already know that with um, is range because with with uh, big boats, you don't get great gas miles with them already. But um, I'm assuming the same issues that plague uh, automobiles is going to plague uh, the outboard, which is range because obviously with those batteries too, you get. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, more weight, but then again, I, I, maybe the uh, no, because yeah, I, I don't know if it's gonna if a if an electric outboard is gonna be any more efficient. I guess when it comes to range, but you know, who knows? Maybe the, by the time uh, the bigger engines start coming around, maybe they'll solve that problem when it comes to lighter, uh, more efficient or more uh, ways to extract power and make it last longer. Cause I don't see, so yeah, cause, uh, cause I don't know where, where you guys are, where, where I'm at, there's probably besides Lake Michigan, there's really not that many big impoundments, but I don't know where you guys are at. Uh, one, two hour runs aren't too uncommon. So we're, we're just, we're just trying to escape all the other anglers most of the time. So we're, <laughs> you know, there's times we need to run as far as we can go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what's we'll the, like I said, that's the first big, uh, uh, big manufacturer to, to, uh, to come up with an electric opera. So we'll, uh, it's good to see, uh, alternatives out there and we'll see how, cause obviously if they don't start there, the technology is not going to get better and the price is not going to come down either. So, but good to see that. But, uh, to tease the other one we talked about earlier, the angler changes. So, and I don't know if it's something that is, uh, I feel like there's always more than uh, around this time of year already. And maybe I missed them. Maybe they were already announced back at the end of 2022 that we missed, but I feel like there wasn't as much this year. Maybe that's a good thing or maybe that's a bad thing, but uh, I know there, uh, or like I kind of, uh, like I said to you in a text, I'm not sure. Uh, Cause I know a lot of times, a lot, uh, a lot of this, I, I, I normally see these announcements uh, through Facebook. And I guess maybe that dates me uh, where I'm at generation wise, but um I know, like, I know, like, I know with the updates with Facebook lately more, you see a lot more ads versus, or there's a lot more stuff that clutters your, uh, true news feed. But, um, but I guess there's a decent amount, but I, I don't know if you thought there was a decent, uh, if there was less so far at this time of year when it came to new, uh, sponsor announcements or changes for 2023 for some of these guys. Well, you know, it, it seems like there's so many, um, uh, I'll refer to them as smaller companies, like a lot of the bait companies. There sure. just seems to be a lot. A lot more smaller companies, you know, getting in the fishing industry, and mm-hmm. a lot of those companies don't typically do, you know, our typical press releases. Obviously, the, the larger companies we're kind of used to seeing, and obviously, Angler's Channel, you see a lot of them come through on the website. There, mm-hmm. uh, the larger companies tend to do press releases, um, you know, on these kind of announcements. Um, but I, I think it seems like maybe uh, it's kind of the first of the year thing. I, I don't know if a lot of these guys are contracts run, you know, you know, from, from beginning to the end of the year kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the opportunities to make the announcements. Um, you know, obviously they have to get out of an existing contract if they're in one in order to, you know, start dealing with another company. So, um, it, it could be that. And some of these guys may be, you know, their contracts may run different months. It may just be convenient for some of these companies to start making the announcements at the beginning of the year because then, you know, then everything's kind of covered. It's right before the tournament season starts. It's kind yeah. of a way to kind of roll back into it. It's kind of what I was saying earlier. It, it looks like now we're starting to see, you know, some movement, some news. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly by the time, you know, we get to the first events of, of the major tournament trails, then, a lot of this stuff will be known, whether it's whether it's an official announcement or or guys just posted on on social media, or we find out because we're we're watching them on live, and all of a sudden, you know, they've got different logos on their jersey on the side of their boat. 
yeah. you know, on the wrap. So, um, but it does seem like there's been quite a few, um, you know, some, some interesting ones. I, you know, I think, uh, we've seen some, some boat movements, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, Jason, Jason Christie, we saw him on, it was either Instagram or Facebook the other day back in yep. his new boat in the garage. And it's a Skeeter boat. Yep. So, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously it still has him with Yamaha. That's who he was with before. So, yep. um, and then Justin Atkins is another one here, uh, one of our North Alabama anglers um, who drove west um, yeah. to, to pick up his boat. That's that's the first social media post I saw of him. That's what he said is he was heading west to pick up his boat. And I'm like, well, that's a change because in the past he's been driving <laughs> east. East, yeah. So uh, fi- finally saw that. that. That's another Skeeter angler. Um, <clears throat> I guess if we stick to the, to the boat business, then uh, – you know, Zach Burge is now with Blazer Boats. Um, right. That was a bit of a teaser at first. Uh, they were trying to get people to guess who he was, and several people knew who it was, obviously, from the responses on <laughs> on social media, because most people were guessing him pretty quick. Yeah, uh, they're ex- Blazer Boats looks like they're slowly expanding, too, because I think it was last year. They added, was it last year or the year before? They added Spencer Sheffield and someone else. I forgot who it was. So, yeah. You know, but Blazer's been around a long time. It, yeah. it's, it's still still considered a small manufacturer. They've been around a very long time. Um, made down in the Pensacola area. Uh, I've actually been by the plant. It's been years ago. I used to I used to work down there, and I've been by the plant. But it's not a very big plant. But uh, but but they've also um, they did bass boats for back in the nineties quite a bit, and then they okay. kind of seemed to to go more towards. The, the bay boats, their their bay boat business was really booming at that time. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it really took most of their manufacturing capacity. So it kind of, mm. they kind of faded out of the bass boat deal. And now they've, they started to come back. So I don't, and I don't know if they've increased capacity or if it's more of a, you know, an even mix now, uh, you know, what the deal is there. But like you said, obviously they're, they're growing in into the, the you know, the bass market. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got several high profile anglers now on their team. And I guess the other big one, I guess unless we missed, well, I guess we could go with this one. Chris Zaldane making that, uh, it was, I guess just besides boat, I guess it was a lot, it was a bigger package, but I guess, you know, he made the switch at the, since we're talking about boats, uh, he made the switch though to, from Skeeter to a nitro. Which, yeah. It looks like he's, he's all in with Bass Pro Shops. I think yeah. he's, he's got that new video series. Um, I think it's already started. It just started. But it uh, looks like Bass Pro Shops is kind of the major sponsor for that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it looks like he's all in with Bass Pro Shops there. Yeah. So, I think I know that I'm assuming that's apparel as well. Because, I mean, obviously, in, in that video, I think it was his swim bait video, whatever. And I believe, I mean, he was decked out. I'm not sure if it's just for the video or if that's also a sign that uh, for apparel. Because a, a lot of the guys that are um, with Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's, um, are also aligned with them when it comes to apparel. So, so my assumption is with that, with that, it's also apparel West from Zeldane as well. And then, uh, the other big one, uh, which I, I guess was the biggest surprise because it, it wasn't just a boat, uh, boat change, but a, I guess you could say almost a brand new boat in some way was Jacob Wheeler with icon boats. Yeah. Go ahead and call it a brand new boat. Uh, I, I've, I've heard some people try to try to make this sound like, it's it's um, it's bringing the the old Hydra Sports back, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you from the little bit I've seen, I don't think there's anything in that boat that looks 
like the old Hydra Sports. So, it, from what I heard, it, it, it's it's made by Hydra Sports, right? But it's not necessarily. I mean, it's its own. I don't know if it's a brand new design or if it just implements some of their design language and philosophies. But it, it's a company that's been making yachts. They haven't made bass boats in in many years. There's probably no one left at the plant that still made those bass boats. To be honest yeah. with you, I'm just assuming there. But yeah. It, it'll be interesting. He's he's you know he kind of made it interesting the way he he announced it. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit surprising the way it's worded in some ways. Um, yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. The boat business is not an easy business, so no, it, it will be interesting to see how this pans out. I, I, I know definitely uh, you've definitely seen it a lot more and paid attention to a lot more than I have because I know that whether it's from uh, I don't know because I'm definitely a lot of brands that were. Uh, I guess brands come and go, and I don't know if it, if it's if you feel that it's any more if it's if the variety that's out there is the same. Not to get into that whole fiasco with white, you know, like with like Ranger Triton and Nitro being within the same uh, corporate umbrella. But like, I don't know if you feel that there's if there's any more variety out there, more names. I feel there's more stuff, but then again, when you start thinking about even not too long, there were both brands that were there that are no longer there that looks about even 10 years ago so i don't know if, that, if you feel that the uh like i said the variety of boat brands out there is still the same or more or less um you know i i, I don't know it gets it gets a little tricky when you get certain boat brands being combined with others and you start to mm -hmm. see a lot you know a lot of the parts of those boats starting to look similar but sure i, I, I will tell you this and it's boating is something i've been a part of for a long time mm -hmm. um it, in my opinion, there is only really a handful of true engineers that understand how to build a hull uh, and make a boat perform um, the way it should should perform. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how this will pan out because, yeah. like I said, I, in in my opinion, there's only a handful of them. So, you know, the, the the more boat options that come around, I'm just curious. I'm 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 curious of the design and how they go about about doing it because uh there's there's a lot that has to go into um into designing a boat a whole yeah. the layout you know it's it's um you know weight distribution there's a lot of things that go into it to make a boat run and, and perform yeah. uh and then you have to have the the people uh on hand in order to 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 build boats and do it right and it's it's a hands-on process um it takes um it takes a lot of training, a lot of a lot of knowledge for to have the staff to actually, you know, build boats, build them well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see because I guess the, 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 their big launch party is going to be, uh, I guess you could say, uh, somewhat ironically, the Bassmaster Classic. But they they'll have one on display and at the booth there. So, so for those that I guess are interested in that, check that out. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, you, you could. You could try to make some some judgment calls on why they chose one particular event over another. I I really think it boils down to convenience. Sure. Um, they're they're actually lucky the Bassmaster Classic is right in the backyard of where that boat's made. So yeah. I'm sure that had more to do than anything with the decision of uh, you know of trying to to do that for the class. But I mean, it is the Super Bowl of bass fishing, so mm -hmm. you know it's not a bad decision see here uh the other guys are baits i guess we'll kind of keep this one in, in its somewhat category is uh uh casking picked up uh 
James Elam, who was formerly with Shimano, I believe. And then, yeah. and they also got Skeet Reese, uh, at least with the real side, they picked up Skeet Reese. So two bigger, uh, you know, uh, two bigger, uh, acquisitions as well. I know, I don't know if they've been growing. I know when a couple of years ago, they added a, a decent amount of guys, but, uh, again, two new additions to the Cast King, um, side there with James Elam and Skeet Reese. You know, that's a product line I'm not very familiar with, but just in looking at the last couple of iCast, I, I do know this past year at iCast that they, you know, they did grow their product line more. Mm-hmm. So it, it does sound like a company that it's at least attempting to, you know, to grow. Um, you, you know, it's interesting that the real market is actually pretty small when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, there is a new company, I think, out of Texas or Louisiana that I've seen lately that that has a couple models that they're building. Um, okay. So it, you know, it, it it's almost like you know as fishing takes off and the you know there there's more people involved. You know, last couple of years it seems to have grown. It's it's almost like there's people that are attempting again to to create new businesses and, and try to try to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just certain there's certain aspects of fishing that have been really hard for companies to do it and stick and re- reels is one and boats mm-hmm. is another one yeah uh you know i think those those are two tricky tricky entities within the fishing industry that that um maybe not as not as easy to get into as some might some might think yeah i can definitely i, I think either one's definitely whether it's physical labor but i guess in some ways it's more labor intensive because with reels you've got to have the machining, you know, uh, with the guys to know how to run the machines to, to whether it's, I don't know if it's, I don't think, I don't know if this stuff is cast. I'm assuming it's all milled in some ways. So you, you would um, think the startup costs would be pretty high in order yeah. to, to be able to handle, you know, building reels and, 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 and trying to, you know, trying to stay, stay competitive, you know, pricing wise, because yeah. there, there's some, there's some pretty big players have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're jumping into a market that, that, you know, if your overhead is really high to, to get into it, it's really hard to get started. Yeah. Let's see here. And I guess to wrap up that whole rod and reel, at least from what we know so far, is uh, the last uh, one that I have on my notes here is uh, we talked about earlier with Zach Burge. He made the switch from, I believe, his favorite favorite yes. was a, a favorite yes. to Alpha Angler. Yeah. So he's joining uh, our guest today, Brandon Polinick's team over at Alpha Angler. So um, definitely it's interesting to see what. Uh, well, how he likes their stuff, or you know, how he takes to their product and stuff like that. Because I can't remember with with favorite if um, if Zach had any signature type stuff there, but uh, I think he was all in on both rod and reel. But I could be wrong. So yeah, I think you're right with that. Uh, and from what I understand, you know, that turns out to be a a relationship, mm-hmm. and, and you know, just like I said about learning about Brandon Polonick and how the guys have done it in the past. You never know how a conversation with somebody or, you know, being at a meeting with somebody, being at a convention, being at ICAST, being at the Bassmaster Classic Outdoor Show. You never know how, uh, you know, meeting someone uh, or having a chance to interact with them, you know, what it can mean to you down the road. From understand, you know, he met the owner uh, of that group uh, several years ago. Uh, it was a positive experience and they've always thought a lot of him. And, you know, now obviously, obviously it's a better deal for Zach or he wouldn't have done it. So, yeah, uh, you know, it, it goes back to relationships and, and, and doing things right. And, and, um, 
you know, don't burn any bridges and yep. you know, all that good stuff. Yep. See here, I guess the well, I guess the last category, the stuff that we tie on the end of the lines end of the fishing line there, but uh there's quite I guess there's a bit more changes there but i don't know if there any of these were bigger surprises to you but i think the first one that i kind of saw that i thought was somewhat of a big surprise was Corey johnston uh making the switch to six cents uh, i don't know if it's just hard bait wise or if there's other stuff because i know six cents has been expanding their lineup but uh definitely Corey johnston making the switch from i believe spro over to core uh to uh six cents yeah that that one did a shock me a little bit i was it just I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Just kind of looking at a, at a at what Six Sense has been doing the last several years, it just like it just took me a little bit by surprise. Yeah. They got a great angler. I mean, that's oh no, you know that that's great job by Six Sense. That, that's that's probably going to put them in an area in a market in in a situation that they're currently not covering. So yeah, it, it, that should be should be really good for them. Yeah, and I guess the other surprise, and I think I may have shared this in a text amongst us, but um, I was a bit shocked only because I know that uh, the the Johnson brothers, their model was a lot similar to the Lee brothers when those guys got started, where it was kind of like a, um, a you know, when you got into a partnership with the brothers. So like, you know, when the, I know with um, both Matt and Jordan, they, uh, you know, they had the, you know, I think it was uh, same boat companies, same rod and reel, same baits and ever. So to see that split, not saying it's a bad thing between the brothers and the game, but again, just like I said, because I, I thought that, you know, that was kind of another thing that I personally identified a lot with the, the Johnsons because, you know, they shared a lot of the same sponsors. So to see that change was a bit of a surprise for me. So, yeah, well, just like the Lee brothers, there's very few um if any uh of uh, sponsors that they share now uh, yeah. yep. they may be completely different on everything there may be one that's the same um uh, that i'm kind of thinking of but other than that i think they're completely different so yeah you know it it goes back this is still an individual sport um yep. you know you're, you're you're out there fighting for yourself doing doing yep. your own thing so yeah uh you know at some point that it may be better for the, for the even when your brothers in order to kind of create your own path yeah. See here, other bait changes I see on here. We got Corey Johnston. Uh, I know James Nigamar. He announced. I, I don't know if he's all in with GSM, but I know for sure Yamamoto. But I know that. Uh, yes, you know, that it's it's all the GSM brands. So that's Yamamoto, Bill Lewis Lures, Buckeye Lures, and Steel Shad Lures. Okay. So he made the he made that and that's a pretty big change for James because uh, he was a longtime striking guy. So that's a pretty big change for him. Uh let's see here. Uh Donna, you pointed this one out earlier. Chad Pipkins made the switch or picked up perfection lures. Yeah, saw that today. And then um a big announcement. I know it was uh uh for for I guess for this particular company was uh Gamakatsu. I know they announced a, sp a sponsorship for I forget which elite series event there, but uh I know they picked up Greg Hackney. So that was a pretty it was, big... uh, like like seminal. Yep, it was seminal. And it was like the third or set, yeah. So yeah, so they 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 picked they picked up the sponsorship for that particular event, but they also picked up uh the hack attack Greg Hackney. So um so definitely see, I'm assuming with that you'll definitely see some some uh specialized flipping hooks i'm not saying that again I, i'm not the uh 
I'm not the greatest flipper. Uh, I, whether uh, people might not like it because I, I don't really use a straight chain cook, but, <laughs> but we'll see the, what 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 Greg Hackney does with that uh, new partnership for him. Um, let's see here. I think was that it when it came to lures. Uh, I know, but yeah, then uh, Buddy Gross picked up uh, DC uh, per yeah. Was he picked up Sims? And then the only other thing that I noticed so far. Um, only because I, you know, there was no announcement, but uh, obviously with the beginning of the year or end of the year slash beginning of the year, it's uh, uh, if you're uh, someone who has money to waste or wants to waste money, you pay for uh, extra channels to watch fishing shows. And so I'm a big Zona Awesome Fishing Go uh, Show fan, and I noticed that he um, picked up Aftco and uh, Costa sunglasses. So those that's, that's a pretty big, those are, I mean, I know it was Zona. I'm not saying a lot other guys aren't this way, but I know Zona is one of those guys too, where he, he tends to stay with um, uh, a lot of the companies, be very loyal. But uh, my assumption was that since, especially with that switch to AFCO, um, that that's probably a sign that Carhartt, because I know Carhartt was a, maybe like 10, 10 years ago, at least probably, if not even that, not even that long ago, was a pretty big staple on the, uh, at least branding wise, all over the Bassmaster side there. So I'm not sure if that's a, a, a sign that they're pulling out of the fishing side or if, the, if it's just, they're just pulling marketing back and fishing happy, happened to be one of the victims of that decision. But uh, I guess that might be no more Carhartt, at least on the fishing side for a bit. Yeah, well, we know Jordan Lee's not Carhartt anymore. Nope. Well. Oh, yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. So he's a, I guess, per his post, it seemed like he was like a free agent. And I guess he'll, he'll be on a shopping spree to, to uh, try everything that he wants out there. But I'll put, as he put it, he'll wear what he wants to wear. And yeah. uh, I, I, he's, I don't know if you've seen the sweatshirt that LeBaron is coming out, but I think it says just oh, his like line stuff. Yeah. His own personal uh, apparel line. So, so yeah, one one of the hoodies that I've seen that that gained a lot of popularity is this lake sucks. So we, I, I expect to see him wearing that at some point in time. I, I was tempted to buy one, but I was like, you know what, I, <laughs> I, I got to stop. You know, stop. Got, got, you know, coming from the holidays, you know, all the money spent there, and then, uh, you know, you know, I don't fish tournaments like you, so I don't have as much expenses. But you know, I got trips coming up obviously with the classic and stuff like this and yeah i gotta i gotta be a bit more frugal where my money goes or you know, a bit more wise before uh but you know but definitely that was that was one of those uh i don't know if it's just a sweatshirt or if it's gonna be other other apparel items but definitely uh he'll probably put it on anything people are willing to buy <laughs> but uh yeah so uh We'll see. I don't, those are the at least the noted changes that me and KG both found. But uh, if we find more, we'll let you guys know. But uh, or if you guys find any more, well, I I know there's I know there were several changes with the GSM brands. Um, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, they go had, ahead. yeah. They had some social media stuff um, this past week. You know, making some of those announcements. I actually I'm trying to get a complete list because if I try to if I try to do this off memory off the top of my head, I'm going to leave someone out or I'm going to screw it up. So yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I you know there. It does seem like, um, and GSM, we mentioned it's Yamamoto Bates, it's uh, Bill Lewis Lures, it's um, Buckeye, Buckeye Lures, and Steel Shad Lures. So it looks like they what they've done is that they're trying to get their guys kind of under the complete umbrella to be a part yeah. of all the brands. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of it is existing Yamamoto pro staff are now, you know, pro staff for all the other brands. Bill Lewis guys for them, you know, not all of them, but... For the most part, they're now, you know, a part of the other brands. So 
Um, you know, our buddy Crispin Pally's over there, you know, he's been a long, long time at striking. Uh, heck, I knew him when he was at Stratus Boats. He's been in the business a long time. Really sharp dude. Um, good head on his shoulders. Uh, he's got a lot that he's trying to accomplish there. And he's got a good group of people uh, with him to, to make it happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how their product lines grow. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some guys on this staff that have a lot of experience. It's going to be interesting to see how how they, you know, tap into that and, and expand the product line. We've already seen some expansion with Yamamoto. Bill Lewis had some some ICAST stuff that we're, I think, going to be coming out here soon. Uh, New Jerk baits, great baits. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that company grows and uh, and utilizes that pro staff that they have. And then I think that might be it. I know definitely, we'll, like I said, anything we'll find out uh, that we notice, we'll definitely uh, announce. I know some people care, some people don't. Um, but like, I don't know, for me as a fan of the sport, it's just interesting to see the changes. Um, again, like you mentioned earlier, some of it is business, not, not just, you know, getting free baits, but um, making hopefully partnerships that last a lot longer. So um, especially for guys that might be considering hanging up, uh, or putting that rod in real way uh, and just pushing product and stuff like that. That's something that some of those guys look forward to is for to establish those type of long-term uh, relationships uh, and business opportunities. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm more interested in what does it actually, what does it mean for the companies? Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see, you know, when they sign these guys or add a guy to their staff, you know, how do they utilize that? Is, is this somebody that's actually going to influence future bait styles, future product line, um, you know, that that's what I'm interested in seeing. And, and you know, that's to me, that's a big part of being a professional angler. You, mm-hmm. you If you've got guys on lead series, Bass Pro Tour, that level angler, those guys should be able to put themselves in a position to to have, uh, you know, great influence with the, with the manufacturer and and be able to help them with new designs and and, you know, kind of thinking outside the box and, you know, coming up with new stuff. We, we see it all the time. His question yeah. is always is always. What you know? What's next? Who's yep. who's got the who's got the next mousetrap? What 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 is it going to be? Yeah. And when you've got when you've got several brands you know out there that have you know iconic stuff or you know things that have been known for a long time, it just you you got to think you know when they when they come up with something that's that's right and works good that they've got you know the the name brand behind them to kind of help mm-hmm. you know accelerate that process. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll definitely see how things are. It's still for some of these guys, and you know, who knows how long they've been. Like you said, you know, we don't know if it's something that had to do with candor, uh, or or they've been kind of just uh you know doing something behind the scenes until they could make the official announcement and things got you know signed and you know ink to paper type stuff. But definitely we'll see how things go, especially as the tournament season, show season, you know, whether it's regional shows or the classic stuff like that, you know, Red Crest or whatever. Um, once some of these shows come up, uh, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll utilize and start using uh, some of these guys to start um whether it's through development or announcing uh new up and upcoming product too. So yeah, you, you'd hope by you know, you mentioned both of them. You'd hope by the end of March we'll see a lot of that. You got the Red Crest yeah. and Bassmaster Classic both mm-hmm. in, in the month of March. So yep. between those two, th- those are two two big shows for our industry that, you yep. know, they should be taking advantage of their pro staff and these guys, you know, and those uh, you know, in those opportunities and and hopefully see see some movement at least. Yeah. And I think the only, unless you got anything else, the only thing, last new bits of news I saw or something that I wanted to mention was just, uh, uh, for so, for those that do follow or did see this before was just that, uh, 
Brandon Card, I guess, was dealing with some some unknown health issues, and finally, uh, after a while, was able to get a diagnosis being viral meningitis, and uh, I guess the effects of some of that, or some of the after effects uh, of that viral, well, sorry, that viral meningitis, ended up creating Bill's palsy. So, uh, so uh, hopefully, um, and it looks like it seems like they've got things kind of figured out. So it looks like he's on a on a path to mending. So hopefully, because I know the season, I'm not saying that, that that's you know that that. Fishing is the most important thing, but I know it's it's probably weighing on his mind because you know he's sitting and just waiting to heal. But, um, but uh, yeah, definitely prayers to him. Hopefully, the the recovery process is speedy and goes according to plan with no hiccups. Because I know that again, that, it seemed like that from what he had detailed, it seemed like it uh, uh, definitely caught him off guard. And I guess it was from a case of the shingles virus or something like that. So yeah, you never know when that stuff can hit too. So. You know, you know, the, it's all, the, always the scariest part of stuff like that is is when they don't know. You know, yeah. you, you, you're sick. You're trying to get them to diagnose it, and they're telling you they don't know. That that's got to be the worst part. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, he felt a bit of a relief when they finally determined what it was and, and had a plan of you know plan of action in order to take care of it. I'm sure that made him feel a lot better just just knowing that. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, I, I I'm not sure i haven't been paying to it uh, as much attention to it since i guess it's uh you know it hasn't been as uh big in the news but i know with corona or covid you know uh, i guess there's always new variants and stuff like that so and new symptoms so you, and i guess it's since the pandemic it's uh, i've always questioned because you know my I have kids uh, younger kids that go to school so um you know it's always like can you get sick without having it be covid so you know with that you know nowadays it seems like the first time so the first time the first sign of you getting sick is it's the the c word that comes up and then then if it's not that then it's like you know this whole like you know, like we like we're saying with brandon is that you know you okay what's well, not this it's not that so can you tell me what it is because i'm not feeling right you know it's not just a little bit sick it's something's not right with me so yeah no magically david everything went away when COVID hit and now all of a sudden we see everything <laughs> else i'm just saying <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll see. I, I'm still dealing with whatever, not, not my, my, whatever symptoms I'm. I still had from about a month ago. Uh, still some lingering stuff there too. But yeah, I don't know. I never went in and got myself checked, so who knows what I have at this moment. But <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think we're gonna wrap it up today. So it's about that time for me and KG to to back the trailer in and put her back up on the trailer and head home. So what's up, KG? If they haven't sent you their tournament schedule, they need to oh, get yes. it done. Tournaments are starting. It's time to get it done. You know, I, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, uh, trying my best to get stuff whittled down. So, uh, again, you know, uh, a lot of it does involve me doing detective work. So if you want to share your tournament schedules, I don't care if you've already, you're, you just started or you've been in the middle of your current season, shoot them over to me. I'll make sure I put them up, uh, results as well, you know, uh, shoot them my way. I definitely want to make sure that they get posted on our website. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, my email dxiong that's dshong at anglerschannel.com. Shoot them my way. It comes directly to me. Doesn't have to be forwarded from someone else. I'll definitely make sure I get them put up. Uh, like I said, uh, whether it's your schedule or, uh, tournament results, like I said, we want to help, uh, especially you grassroots guys that listen to our show. We want to hopefully help. Like I said, it goes up on our website. So if you could shoot me just a brief, just brief overall standings if you want and just take a picture of whoever with your with your smartphone with uh the winner and uh, i'll make sure it goes up on a website so yep dshong at englishnow.com 
And because you paused, you made me pause for a second. I forgot my last question because the last episode that we had, we kind of finished up on this because there was a challenge that you made towards the end of last year about achieving that magic number of a thousand TikTok followers. And it happened a lot quicker than you thought. So I don't know if you've decided uh, if you made a winner, if you came up to that, you know, but, but so, but you did achieve that, that, that goal of a thousand, like, I think it was like with like two, three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, it definitely happened. I, you know, when I actually, when I said, I didn't think it was going to happen at all. You know, I think I, whenever I announced that it was early November, maybe. And I said, yeah. I, I kind of gave the deadline by Christmas. If I reached a thousand by Christmas, um, I said, I would, I would give a fishing trip to any lake in North Alabama, uh, <laughs> an eight hour, six or eight hour trip. Um, I'll, I'll do that. Um, I guess we don't really have the hotline anymore. <laughs> so, um, I, this may be the easiest way to do it. Um, if, if you have followed me on TikTok. Uh, if you will um, send me an email, and that's Kenneth, K-E-N-N-E-T-H, at fishingnorthalabama.com. Send me an email. Give me your TikTok handle so I can verify it. Um, I'll, let's say I'll give it a week. So um, I'll give it until we do a podcast next week, or, or I'll give it a week to, to okay. respond. Because it's, you know, people don't necessarily listen to the podcast as soon as you publish it. It may sure. take them several days to, to get around to it. I don't leave anybody out, but I'll, I'll, I'll get a list of all those people and I'll, I'll do a random draw. Okay. And, um, you know, we can work it out when it works with my schedule and their schedule and yeah, any, any lake in North Alabama. So Tennessee river, upper end of the Coosa chain, we can make it happen. Right. So yeah, definitely. If you're, if you want to spend a boat, I mean, a day in the boat, um, I mean, I did, I did that one time like two years ago, I think now, but, uh, definitely, it could be a definitely fun time, especially depending on the time of year. It could be a very fun time with, it's, with KG in the boat. So it's time for you to do it again. We, we still, <laughs> we, I'm still looking for that, for that slam, the, the Alabama slam. I, yes. I, def, I definitely want to make that happen. It might happen. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. KG's a pretty busy guy with his aspirations, but we'll, we'll definitely see if there, if, if things line up, maybe we could do it this year. So we'll see. <laughs> But other than that, I guess like I said, we're gonna put her back on the trailer, and I'll put, uh, and I guess for our whether it's next week, uh, I think we'll we'll plan a show for next week unless things fall through. But uh, onto our next show, and uh, again, oh yeah, with this weather, make sure that again, yeah, I know CB was big on this, but again, um, cold water stuff like that, derbies starting up and everything. Make sure you've got your PFD buckled with that kill switch attached and. Um, like to just be safe on the water and other than that I guess other than that just you know until uh, our next show or our next cast KG don't take it personal Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.